The day of Pentecost, that is, uh, not everyone really knows why this is a day that's celebrated. But it was the day that uh, God gave the law to Moses, <clears throat> pardon me, on, Saint, on uh, Mount Sinai. So it's a very sacred holiday to the Jewish people. But we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come. So, I mean, I've, just, I've read that in the past, but today when I was looking at it again, it just struck me as a little bit different because it fully came. So when something is made full, it's made complete, it's fulfilled. And I thought, well, what exactly was made complete on that particular Pentecost? Well, if you, know, if you look back into the history, you know that um, Passover was 50 days before Pentecost, Pentecost 50 days after. And what happened at Pentecost, or I'm sorry, at Passover was that God had this nation of slaves that he had called generations ago through their father Abraham that he wanted to bring out of Israel and make a nation of these people. But these people were slaves. They knew very little about self-governance, any kind of governance. All that they had ever been taught was just the lash and the whip and do what, as you're told. So, he has, so the Lord has quite a task on his hand to take this millions, you know, million slaves and make them a nation. So he, won, he, he takes them through the wilderness, through different uh, experiences with him until they, they hopefully would grow to trust him. It didn't really happen that way. But on the 50th day, Moses goes up to Sinai and he receives the law that was written on tablets of stone that gave the children of Israel direction as far as how they were to deal with one another, you know, financially, socially, how they were to approach God. And he began to make of this people a nation. So he gave them all these actions to do to show this outward appearance of consideration for one another, of love for one another. But God had a whole lot more in mind than just that. And we find in uh, Jeremiah... And I want to say thank you to Shelly. I gave her these scriptures like, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. And she was working hard back there, so thank you. But Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, it says, um, Behold, the days are coming, and this is a new covenant. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So that first covenant was the giving of the law. He said, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So this is a beautiful promise that God gave to Israel because they were terrified of him. They, they told Moses, you go up there and talk to God. We don't want to talk to him. You go find out what, what this, this being who has thunders and lightnings and has to say, and then you come back and tell us. But God was saying, there's going to come a day when I'm going to be in them and dwell in them. And, and John, chapter 3, begins to tell us, Jesus begins to tell Israel through uh, the words to Nicodemus, the Pharisee, just exactly what was going to happen with this new covenant. 
It says there was a man, John chapter 3. Um, okay. Anyway, so he comes, to, he comes to Jesus by night and says, We know that you're a teacher that's come from God. No one can do those signs that you do unless God were with him. But Jesus answered him, Truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, this new nation of God, this new kingdom. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit that God is going to put inside of you to write his laws on your heart. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? That seems like a reasonable question to me. (laughs) Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? (laughs) So I love this part of the scripture, because every now and then, Jesus just kind of gives a a little zinger of a challenge to these Pharisees who just kind of, they were the teachers of the law, you know, they knew everything. Um, But Nicodemus was evidently a very humble man. And then we find out in Acts... And we don't know if Nicodemus was here. It would be lovely to think that he was. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost, New King James says, or King James says, was fully come. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So God took like this most unruly member of the body that just, you know how it is with your tongue, and and he caused it to be brought under subjection. The tongue of these men brought under subjection to his Spirit to where they were speaking wonderful, you can read the rest of the chapter, wonderful glories of God that they didn't understand, But the angels understood it, and so did all of the nations around. God's pouring out of his spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 27 says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And up up earlier it says, I will give you a new heart, verse 26, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you. So no longer are the statutes on stony places. It's on a fleshly table of the heart. Isaiah 49. And I know I'm going through these scriptures a little quickly. Um, If you would like to see them later, be happy to share them with you. But Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6 says to us, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob to bring back the preserved of Israel. So the Lord is speaking these things through through Isaiah. And and one of the things that you'll find as you grow in your Christian walk, and a lot of you already know this, is Isaiah was the prophet of the New Testament. He foresaw the coming of the Messiah. He foresaw many glorious things that would happen, and this is one of the things that he saw. 
I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit is poured out. The unruly tongue of man yields to the Spirit, and thereby the soul, the soul is filled with, is filled, and God begins to make of two nations, both Jew and Gentile, one new nation. So whereas in the Old Testament he brought out the children of Israel to make of them one nation to him, now he's brought out Jew and Gentile to make of us one new nation. He even sends us a special messenger in the form of Paul as a messenger to the Gentiles. And Paul writes, and I'll, I'll finish with this, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, he writes to us and he says, as soon as I find it, um, but now in Christ Jesus, you, once were far, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, the Gentiles, and peace to those who were near, the Jews. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I'm so grateful for the, for the day of Pentecost. And so, and so uh, we were sharing, I shared this the other night in Bible study, and someone who was sitting next to me, says, but we have all these different cultures, you know, so, and that, so how is it that God's taking and making one, new, one nation out of all these different cultures? We have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the one thing that connects us all, regardless of what kind of food we're used to eating, regardless of how, in our language, we describe things, regardless of how we feel that what's beautiful or what's not. We have the fruit of the Spirit to connect us into one new body and one nation. So let's just thank God for the, for the day of Pentecost today. Thank you, Jesus.